0: Hello and welcome to the Talk11 podcast, the podcast that creates connection. We have a lineup of extraordinary speakers on every season that are here to talk about their story and talk about their struggle so that you feel like you are never alone because we feel at this day and age, there is a huge disconnect in the community and we want to connect you guys back together again. So welcome and stay tuned for a lot of fun, a lot of value, take the time and take a listen. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Talk 11 podcast. Today we have with us one of our incredible speakers from our first event, Carolina Belmares. Carolina is a personal trainer. She is a mother. She is a social advocate and she is an all-around amazing person. First time I met Carolina, she gave me the biggest hug and I just knew that this woman was magical. Thank you, Carolina. And thank you for gracing us with your presence on our stage. And thank you for being here on our podcast. Let's get rolling.
1: All right. Thank you, Farah, for that amazing introduction as always. And Carolina, yes, thank you again for joining us today. On this, the seventh and final episode of our first season of mm-hmm. Talk 11 podcast, it's been a, a crazy ride. And thank you again for joining us at our event. Have you recovered from the event?
2: Yes, it took a while, but yes, I have.
1: (laughs) Awesome. And so, what we normally do just at the kind of the first few minutes of our podcast for those people that were unable to attend in person or have not yet watched the recorded video of the incredible speakers, we ask you guys to kind of give us your abbreviated talk or your story about you about what has impacted you so much in life that you kind of felt compelled to get up on our stage and share that with us. So without further ado, please let, let <laughs> our list, listeners know what you're all about.
2: Absolutely. So what I shared on stage that night was some of my experiences uh, having been born and raised in Mexico, growing up there, and specifically as to how that life experience, kind of like it, how it pertains to the way that we in society, how we learn to normalize violence and mm-hmm. what that means. And what that looks like and the impact that it can have on your life and how pervasive it becomes because you don't see it happening. You just, you're born into society like that Mm -hmm. and it's always there. It's always part of your daily life experience. And so you really don't think anything of it. You legitimately start to like, you don't even notice it at all because it's just always there. Yeah. And so so my tale was a little bit of a word of caution because I like to think that when for example for me I'm an immigrant I've been in Canada for 10 years and I like to say that from the people that I know who are also immigrants and specifically from the people that I know who are immigrants who come from countries that are as troubled or even more so than Mexico mm-hmm. I kind of like see this unspoken tendency that we have of of just kind of like We're never going to let that happen here. We know what that looks like. We know how awful that is going to be. And fuck if we're ever going to let that happen here in Canada because we can't. And it's on all of us, right? So that was kind of like the message of my talk is like, how do we counteract that? How do we balance that out? And how do we catch ourselves so that we don't fall into that trap of legitimate, just assuming that certain smaller uh, violent acts are normal, and then they escalate, and we assume those are normal, and then they escalate and we assume
1: those other new ones are normal, and that's the slippery slope that we we should all resist absolutely. And part of the impact of, of your talk was how much violence you have actually had touch your life. And we don't need to necessarily get into specifics, but because I think we take a lot of what we have in Canada or how violence is starting to become more pervasive, shootings, killings, these things across our country. But I mean, those are things that you grew up with, right?
2: That's correct. Yeah. And again, it's seen as normal.
1: What parallels can you draw between kind of the normalized violence that you kind of became accustomed to in Mexico and what might be starting to occur here in Canada?
2: So, for example, when we think about violence, we have this tendency to kind of like extrapolate it into the really kind of like overt things that happen, like the shootings or, you know, the stabbings, the mass murdering, the school shooting, like whatever it is, like we think about like big things happening. And in reality, the the danger, the real danger starts like from very small and seemingly innocuous things that are still there. And they... So the way that we need to understand is that violence, if you can think about it, uh, for example, as a pyramid. Uh-huh. And so at the very top, you have mass murdering, serial killers, stabbings, like all this kind of stuff. But that's only the tip of the pyramid. Uh-huh. And that tip can only be supported by a big base of other things that include racial slurs calling people online you know names sexual harassment on mm-hmm. the street of women like those are all the very components of what becomes a violent society and that's why i always say like be super watchful like for example we had in very the efforts to bring a rainbow crosswalk mm-hmm. and then you see people like ah but why uh, and, and people complaining people calling names we need to watch out for that because those are like People say like, well, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. Well, but if their opinion is also based on the oppression of a group of people, then we should have an issue with that.
1: We should have an issue with that. And so issues aside, what do you do about it? Because I think that that, that, like, yes, like as a systemic issue or problem across North America or the world, that is an issue, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you spoke about some kind of basic solutions to that or things that can start helping people to fight those issues. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about that for a second.
2: Yeah. So for example, like, I mean, of course, there's a lot of like big things like systematic things that need to change, but Mm -hmm. without going so far, because this is when it gets really murky for people, change seems so complicated me as an individual, you know, as a single mom raising three daughters, you know, it can feel so overwhelming to tackle these issues. And this is where a lot of people with really good intentions get lost. Because yeah. it's like, whatever I'm doing, it's not enough. I'm never going to be able to fight this. I'm never going to be able to eradicate this. Like, I don't have any power in me. And of course, we're wrong, because we all have power. Mm-hmm. But um, because the, the solution seem so complicated, and the problems themselves, are so complicated it's so easy to get lost mm-hmm. and so i don't want anybody to get lost and i want you to follow me through this because there's a solution that we can start implementing immediately okay. and, that, and the solution to most violent things that we see in the world is connection mm-hmm. because those kind of acts and those kind of bigger things those kind of issues can only stem from a deep sense of disconnection mm-hmm. that means our communities need to be stronger what does that mean I need to start looking people in the eye. I need to start talking to people. I need to start engaging with people with the people that I am so used to ignoring in my everyday life. The person who is homeless on the street, okay. the addict who is seems scary to me because I've seen them adding acting erratically at other times. Like maybe they're not addict acting erratically right now. And it's okay to look people in the eye. And it's okay to try and look that, try and look for that common. Humanity that we all share. And we need to go about it at a more aggressive pace. Uh, We need to be more uh, conscientious about it. And we need to be more adamant about our desire to start connecting with other people. And not only with those that look like us or that speak like us or that have similar lives to us, especially with everybody else who we have kept on the fringes of our own lives. It's time to bring them in. It's time.
1: And that's fair. And so how do we do that? I mean, because it, it has to be more than just looking them in the eye, right? Like we have to... That's the
2: start. For those who don't know, like what I do for work, like my, <laughs> my actual business, I do fitness and nutrition coaching for women. But like one thing that is very real, anytime that we, have to, we try to implement change in our own lives, we have to maintain this idea that the small steps are very important steps. So, even that action of mm-hmm. like willingly connecting at a very, what seems like a super, a very superficial level, uh, you know, it doesn't seem really important, but it is because it changes the way that you feel about others and it changes your willingness to do things for others and it changes your willingness to show up to maybe community events where there's help being given to others, you stop being afraid of the people that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that is what we need right now. We need to stop being afraid of others. We need to stop step out of our little bubbles of like, this is my comfort zone. Like this is, don't nobody touch me. Like this is my, like, no, get out there, hug people. Oh my God, touch people for crying out loud. Like we need, like humans are built on society and community and contact. Mm -hmm. and when we isolate ourselves from that i know it's freaking hard i've struggled with mental health myself and there's Mm -hmm. times when you just don't have it in you and i wish we could all have like a snap of the finger solution to changes whenever we're in that spaces but whenever we are not in those mental spaces we need to make an extra effort to come out and connect with others in any shape or form that is available to us because that matters that is the building foundation of our community
1: agree and so one of the big issues that I kind of noticed lately, at least with social media, is that isolation, right? Mm-hmm. And you can talk about from the video games that are designed to keep our youth playing these platforms by themselves, in the basement by themselves, or teenage boys and girls, rather than going out to a social function on a Saturday night, staying in and chatting online. Mm-hmm that's breeding isolation in its its very nature. Mm -hmm. So in kind of what you're seeing and what you're doing personally, um, and as a mother of three, what do you do for the younger generation, for the people that will make these changes in the world? How do you get them to focus on that connection and that getting outside of their comfort zone and away from the things like social media and video games and all the other things, which in their inherent nature are teaching them that are important
2: right so as parents and there is no way around this by the way this is the same thing that we find in nutrition Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are like how do i get my kids to eat better oh parent you start eating better Mm -hmm. and like that they pick it up because they want to be like you because suddenly whatever is on your plate looks more appetizing than whatever what you're feeding them so you model the behavior how do you get your kids to get out of their phones you put your fucking phone down. Yeah. Like how do you get your kids out in, into the world and, and just noticing other people? You notice other people. You talk about it with them. You comment. I have, for example, one of my kids, uh, she's seven right now. And she's, she's one of those that helping her to come in tune with her empathy was very easy. Like she was very, she's very much about that. Mm-hmm. And today she has her baby sister who she adores. But to this day, we can't go anywhere. Because if they, like in the sense that if she hears a baby crying, everything stops. Where's the baby? Does the baby need help? Can we help? the? Where is yeah. the baby safe? Yeah. And so she's very, and I, I don't try to tell her like, oh no, it's fine. Leave it alone. Forget it. The mom, I never discourage that. It's like, oh, thank you. That's so great that you notice. You're right. noticing somebody else in trouble. Let's go find that. Let's just make sure that the baby's okay. And so you encourage that that you foster that sense of hey it does matter to notice other people it does matter to check in if right. they're okay so kids are very good at this naturally we just got to get out of our own freaking asses and do yep. it ourselves
1: <laughs> and, and it's true and, and we're almost programmed now if if you see someone crying if you see a baby crying or an adult crying or if they look upset they're like oh they're going to be fine you know we right. don't need, rather than stopping and checking in and making exactly. sure hey how are you is everything all right you know yeah exactly um,
2: and we have this situation that happened we were at one of those indoor play places yeah the place was full of people, tons of adults, tons of kids running around it's wild and then crying. and so we notice right away we pick it up and we're looking at this little boy and he's lost. he must have been like maybe two years yeah and he's just like wow like we're standing there like he's just like screaming and I'm noticing I take my time to notice around him adults are looking at him. And they're looking at each other and nobody is interfering. Yeah. If nobody wants to be that paranoid human, nobody wants to overstep boundaries. Nobody wants to put their freaking neck on the line for somebody else. And this is a baby who's lost and crying. Right. So screw that shit. Go up to the baby and I'm like, are you okay? I lost my mom. Right. I picked him up. And the moment that I picked him up, he was able to at a distance see the mom, the mom sees her baby and she comes right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was it, like end of drama. But you help a child, you help a grown-up, you help a senior, you help your neighbor, you help right. a stranger, help people.
1: I love it. And we just passed Canadian Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. from what I understand, you kind of did something to help out as well. And you, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did some volunteering. And
2: Oh, yeah. So it was Canadian Thanksgiving for yeah. sure. And there was, there was a wonderful event that was going on at City Hall. And it's basically a a Thanksgiving dinner and a lot of clothes and jackets and mitts and all this stuff that is super necessary. Um, And it's by a group that is called Friends of the Homeless. Mm
1: -hmm. Now,
2: what is super important here is that I did not know any single person Mm -hmm. that was part of the volunteer group for Friends of the Homeless. I -hmm. had never met them. I had never joined in anything that they had ever done before. They were all absolute strangers to me. Right. And, but I basically, my... 18-year-old daughter was here and I was like, You want to go? And she's like, Let's go. And like that, like we got ready, we showed up and we were like, Hey, we're here to help in whatever the heck you need us to do. And we spent a fabulous afternoon and it was incredible. And the connection in that event was amazing. And my daughter was so grateful for that chance to having been there. And she was like, I'm glad I came. This was incredible because it shifted my view of people who I'm used to ignoring right. or I'm used to assuming that you know they they have issues or whatever. Right? They're hilarious. They they banter with you and they joke and they chat because they're they're regular human beings just like you and me. It was incredible. And I think there's value in that. Like there's so much fear of just showing up and being unwelcomed in a new new space. Yeah. Like, I don't know, grab a friend, grab your kid, just show up because the worst comes to worst, your help is truly not required at that time. And all right, you leave, you know, you at least you high five a couple of people who are doing awesome things. But most of the time your help is definitely needed and Uh, you need those experiences too.
1: So to come full circle, that's kind of what you're talking about in terms of, of how do you make the change? Go out mm-hmm. and do something. Yeah, exactly. Right? Follow, so it's,
2: I, there's a saying that I really love, and it says never ignore when you have a nudge to do something good for somebody else. Never ignore it. Never mm-hmm. turn away from that. Never quiet it down. Never talk yourself out of it, out of it, because it's it's necessary. Whenever there's that inkling of like, oh, I could help,
1: help. Love it. And that's a perfect segue into what was your nudge into doing talk 11? <laughs> <laughs>
2: a lot of kindness, absolute yeah. kindness, treat people with kindness, because that's where it, 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 it begins. Yeah. And um, that's our sense of community. Bring people to your table. And if there's too many and nobody else fits, then you build a bigger table. You don't build a wall around it so that right. others can't come in. You build a bigger table.
1: Love it. And so you spoke about this amongst other things in your childhood and you, how you grew up. Um, and if you haven't listened to it, please go to Talk 11 or our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and check it out because Carolina's talk was, was so, so impactful. was the biggest thing you got from getting on stage and speaking at our first oh, event?
2: Oh my gosh, it was such a fantastic experience. It really was. Anybody thinking about throwing their names in there, do it because it was so so incredible. What I got the most out of it all was this feeling of like fuck yes, I can do this. <laughs> Cuz I was talking about things that were very personal to my mm-hmm. life and, and about some difficult experiences and and it was very emotional for me. And to be able to kind of like put myself in that vulnerability and just show up and say like hey, this is what I have to offer. I bring you some perspective from a different world and mm-hmm. kind of like from the, what the future would look like if we let things like this go unchecked we don't want that future because I'm here to tell you we don't want that future so let me kind of like walk with me through these stories and I felt so brave after honestly like that's the best you you were (laughs) thank you no it was it was really wonderful because it was I love talking I love connecting with people I I love sharing stories but doing it on a stage like that that was a very different kind of like situation for me and and it mattered because it showed
1: me that I can. Amen to that. <laughs> um, and so in terms of like those people out there that are thinking that they know they have a story, they know they want to connect, they know wanna, they want to get up there, but they mm-hmm. might be like, well, do you know what? We're not sure we're, brave. we're as brave as Carolina. What do you say to them to, <laughs> to kind of help them reinforce that they can do it, that they can get their asses up on stage and they can, you know, knock, their story out of the park and and help not only themselves, but those people that are listening.
2: Cut the bullshit. That's all I have to say. Cut the fucking bullshit because that's just chatter in your head. Mm -hmm. And that's the inner voice that's always trying to talk you out. It's the same voice that that comes up and is like, no, no, don't help the poor homeless person trying to pick up his trolley full of things that just knocked over. Like don't, don't. That's the same voice. And it's time that you're like, Hey boys, thanks a bunch, but take a freaking seat because we're doing this.
1: All right. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) On that note, if we have listeners out there that want to connect with you, whether that be about your story or about your health and nutrition coaching, how can they find you? What are your handles? Where can you be found?
2: The easiest way is always just Facebook to my personal page. My name is Carolina Belmaris. That's how you find me. I'm probably the only one there with that name. So I'm not difficult to find at all. And
1: how do you spell spell Belmares?
2: B-E-S in boy. B-E-L-M-A-R-E-S.
1: Perfect. Okay, continue.
2: Yeah, uh, my website is sweatglow.com. And my Instagram is sweatglow, or also with my name you can find it. And uh, my email is carolina at
1: sweatglow.com. Awesome. Carolina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Um, much. It was great. Such we a had, great event. We had so much fun. We look forward to seeing you at future events uh, as alumni and uh, <laughs> yes. as support and hopefully as you know a, a moral coach for those people that <clears throat> will get up on stage and and speak their truth. Um, on behalf of fair and myself, thank you so much. It was thank you. It was a total blast. Um, oh, and, and to all welcome. you guys out there, uh, thank you for listening, thank you for supporting, thank you for sending the love to Talk11 and to Farah and myself, and we will catch up with everyone soon. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to listening to the Talk11 podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Remember to always look out for us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at talk11.ca, on Facebook at Talk11, and you can head over to our website at talk11.ca. You can also find us on the YouTube also at Talk11, where on YouTube, you can find all of our speakers and all of our events for your viewing pleasure. So thank you so much. Have a great one and we'll talk to you soon.